Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Thank you for listening to episode 279. This week, we have aging politicians, aliens, the impeachment dance, the plea that wasn't, a diminutive thief, Jason bends the knee, the Kansas two-step, a mug shoddy, the final frontier, getting maced, the beau who got his rank back, and a raffy dogpile. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my part of this endeavor, Representative Emeritus and World Traveler Ken Pullen. Hey, Dave. How are you this week? Hot, man. It's hot. Yeah, Kansas City. I was out there for a conference, and it was, I think, hotter than Georgia. I was shocked it was so hot. Yeah, man. And look, I, I wait for this all year long. And then while it's 100 degrees, I piss and moan about it for three months. <laughs> for some reason, I thought Kansas City would be cooler than Atlanta, but it wasn't. No, nah, man, I told you that the hottest summer I've ever spent, and, I, and I'm from Florida, and I've been a lot of hot places, was Missouri in the summertime. Oh, Missouri in July and August. Just terrible. Yeah, it was so hot. Nobody was outside walking around. Everybody was inside up underneath the air conditioner. Yeah, and you said you didn't even get barbecue until the last day there. Yeah, I did get a little barbecue the last day, which was absolutely delicious. So I was very impressed by the barbecue. Yeah, and, and you, killed, and and you killed multiple animals. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think I had pulled pork, sausage, and uh, burnt ends. So it was very good. Yeah, the picture you said looked looked great. Yeah, it was amazing. Some baked beans, potato salad. Potato salad was really good. I had a couple uh, cold beverages with it also, so it was uh, really good. I don't suppose you got a chance to go to the Royals. I, I don't did. know if they're in town. Yeah, I don't think they were playing in town. And the uh, ballparks are not downtown. I didn't see the Royals ballpark or the uh, where Kansas City plays either. So they must be outside, out, outside of town a little bit. Well, the Brave Stadium is outside of town. I know it is now. Yeah, I used to like I mean, it's not, the South Side. It's not far. Yeah, the South Side ballpark was easier on us uh, South Atlanta people. Yeah, until you have to go to your car at night. <laughs> Wasn't terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I looked at Atlanta's in town. Well, I mean, this, uh, Atlanta's in town, I guess, the last three days when this drops on Monday. But it looks like all the games over the weekend are all sold out. So people are really going out to the Braves. And I haven't looked at the Braves stock. Have you since it went public a couple of weeks ago? Uh, I looked at it on Thursday, and I think it was down to 38 or 39. It opened around 46. Forty-five twenty-eight now. It's up three percent. Okay, as today. as of recording Friday afternoon. Yes, yeah, so as of Friday afternoon, it's up three percent. Good. Did you buy? I didn't. I'm going to. I'm going to buy at least ten shares. Yeah, I might buy a little bit. I've been watching the stock it, market. It's been on fire lately. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of the listeners pay attention, but uh, the, uh, we had great economic news come out this week. It doesn't look like we're going towards a recession any longer. That's sort of the consensus out there, and the stock market has been on a tear. It's been up actually three weeks in a row now. Well, Jerome Powell, hot. Yeah, Jerome Powell bumped the uh, Fed funds rate another quarter percent last week. Yep. Uh, which brings, I think, prime rate is now eight and a half. Yeah, and that, I mean, the housing market is just almost uh, – 
came to a, st- a crawl or stop at this point. No one wants to trade in their two and a half or three percent thirty-year interest rates for eight uh, percent thirty-year interest. It's uh, I can't I can't wait to see what this does to the housing market over the next couple of years. Well, you're not going to see it as much in the South, I don't think, and I'll tell you why. Even at five, six percent interest rates or seven percent interest rates, whatever they end up being. When you move from California and you sell a $3 million house and move yep. to Georgia and, see, and realize you can, you can get the same house for half mil. Yeah, I think that's what's kept our rates. I think that's what kept has kept the housing market up in Georgia, though, is there's been so many people that have moved from the West Coast and even the Northeast that a five or $600,000 house, they're paying cash for a lot of these homes. Yeah, Texas, Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida. Yep. I mean, in my area, we've got trailers, like single wide trailers on five acres. They're going for, you know, $225,000. Now, I don't think anyone from California is moving to, you know, Podunk, Georgia to buy a single wide trailer for two twenty five. but it just shows. No, but they'll, the be, they'll pay two twenty five for the land. Yep, and build yeah. another home. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's and, what it, some of this is going on. Yeah, uh, or you'll get a developer. It depends on, on your P&Z board and all that stuff. But get a developer and buy it and split it up into five one-acre lots and put up five single-family houses. Yep, exactly. Uh, just, just depending, obviously, not on, not every piece of property with five acres is usable. I think it may be more so where you are. You may have some more flat land, but but up here in the foothills, you, you may get a, a five or ten-acre piece of land that only one acre is usable. Everything else is straight up or down. Without without terra terraforming or whatever it is, <laughs> so we've got. Is it time for an age limit on politicians? I know what a great time to talk about this topic. Uh, last week, biggest you know a couple of really big stories came out. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, who's a Republican from Kentucky, was given an update to the media and just absolutely froze for nineteen seconds. And and you saw this, Dave. I mean. He never, it didn't, he just didn't lose his train of thought and kind of look around. He just froze. There was not any movement going on. Well, yeah, anybody who's, who, who's had uh, on, on, the, on the Mac, it's a, a call it the, the pinwheel of death. Mm-hmm. It's a spinning color pinwheel that, that keeps going around and around and around when, when, you're, when something's wrong with your hard drive. Yep. Uh, same thing with with the windows thing. You have the the hourglass keep going going around. And that that's what was going on in his brain. Just so, just and then finally, a couple of senators saved him. Like Mitch, I know. Finally moved in after 19 seconds because it was a really awkward silence. Yeah, uh, yeah Mitch, they called him. You, I, I thought that was one of the most unique things, though, Dave, is how they refer to him as Mitch. I'd say they didn't refer to him as Senator McConnell or Leader McConnell. They said Mitch. Well, these are these are other huge. senators that were standing there with him. I know, but it was uh, even when I was in the House, like Speaker Ralston, you would never refer to him as David. You wouldn't refer to well, the Speaker as his name. It, if but it's if, almost like they knew something was terribly wrong with him, and they went, you know, they didn't call him by his elected name. They went, they were really concerned, and they called him by his first name. Uh, that it just really struck because no one would call Speaker Ralston David. I saw one person well, do that one time. There's also him. only a hundred senators. Yeah, but I know that somebody called Speaker Ralston one time, David, an intern did. And he looked at her and said, that'll be the last time. He said, make sure that's the last time you ever call me David, which was a 
kind of a jackass move by him, but just I, it's a respect title. And I was just kind of uh, taken aback when they called him Mitch. Yeah, man, I, I like look with with John Burns. If you came up with him, and, no, and Speaker Bur- it's Speaker Burns, I'm telling you, to his best friends at Speaker Burns. I don't care if they see him on a golf course, church, fishing at Speaker Burns. It, so, maybe, so when but, I want to run into him next week, I shouldn't shouldn't just no, call him Johnny. You should, Speaker Burns and Speaker Burns is a super nice guy. No, I, I, I've heard nothing but John. good things about him. Yeah, I mean, if you call him John next week, he'll be fine with that. But it's just uh, he 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 would be fine. I wouldn't do it. Yes, right. It's, uh, you pay. Re- I, yes, I respect. That. I so, I I still I've, I've been introduced to our sheriff many times. I still don't refer to him by his first name. I still say oh, sheriff. I play, I, golf, I play golf with the sheriff all the time. I call him sheriff. Uh, I, I don't think I ever call him by his first name. But you know, Mitch McConnell. Getting back to the story, Mitch McConnell. He. Has had a couple falls lately, had a concussion earlier this year. So he's had three or four events that have occurred to him over the past two or three years. And you got to feel sorry for him. He's just, he's hanging in there. And yeah, you said earlier off air that he has been a pretty good standard bearer for the Republican Party, uh, blocking the the extreme uh, picks for the for the Supreme Court and pushing through uh, people like Gorsuch. Yes, I think uh, if you look back at the history of Mitch McConnell. Look, I, I think this group of senators, this older group of even senators representatives, have done a severe injustice to the people in the United States because they've run up the budget. I mean, look at the amount of the national debt that has occurred up under Mitch McConnell. It's been I mean, unbelievable, right? Probably twenty five million dollars is probably or $25 trillion has gone up, up under him. But just from a what legacy he leaves and from a Supreme Court perspective, I mean, he blocked, like you said, Obama's nominee, and, and he ushered in three Trump nominees to Supreme Court. And that's going to live on for 30, 40 years, potentially. So yeah, and look, it, it's, it's sad to, to watch. It is. And it, it really is. It, it, it's, it's sad to, to, watch, to watch Biden. Uh, Biden was never the sharpest tack. No, uh, he 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 made gaffes going way back. Yep. Uh, but you, you see what's going on, and and one, it's embarrassing as as an American, and we have somebody else that you know you and I don't agree with politically, but Diane Feinstein. Yep. You know she she really was groundbreaking. She did a lot for her party, and what's going on with her now at ninety years old is just sad. It is, and you know. People don't know the backstory to this. They were in a committee, appropriations committee meeting this week, and her aides are telling her when it came to her time to vote, they were just saying, you know, vote I on this uh, particular measure. And then she, well, starts she, starts giving, to- she starts giving a speech on it. Uh, didn't know what she's talking about. And then the aides kept jumping in saying, just vote A, you know, just vote yes, vote yes. And it was really sad to watch. And, and she's and she's got white on all four sides of her eyes. Mm-hmm. She has no idea what's going on. It's when and finally someone leans over and says, "Just vote I." Yep. She goes and she looks at the microphone. Vote I. She goes, "Yes, I." I know. Uh, uh, at what point can can you say that somebody else is making her votes for her? Look, this is what I go back to because the original topic was like, "Is it a, is it time for an age limit on politicians?" Yeah, it's hard to look. We've got an age limit on when you can run for office, so you can't run for Georgia Senate until you're 25. I don't know what the 
the U.S. Senate is. So we've got uh, age limits on when 36, can, I think. Yeah, 36, right? So we've got age limits on the lower end on when you can run for office. You know, is it truly time to say once you reach a certain time or a certain age, you cannot run for office again? You can finish the current sentence or current, uh, you can current your, your current one, but you cannot run for office again. And look, you look at look at corporations all across America. They have times where when their CEO gets to a certain age, they have to retire. They have to retire at 60 or 65, and it's because the mind just doesn't stay sharp as it once was. So I'm not sure we shouldn't get to the point where politicians should have to retire at, at a particular age limit. Well, I, I would say cognitive ability because – uh, Fetterman is nowhere near the age, but he's he's an empty vessel. Yeah, he's an empty vessel. He's it's another that's another very sad situation. Yeah, I mean the guy had a stroke, and they kept running him, kept and and, and put him out front. The the he had no idea what's going on, but but you have someone in front of the cameras leaning over and telling the senior senator from the most populous state in the nation how to vote. And see, in most of these states, if a senator retires, you know, before they before the election comes up again, the governor appoints their replacement. It happened in Georgia a few years ago. In Pennsylvania, Fetterman stepped down. They've already got a Democrat governor, which would just replace Fetterman with another Democrat. California, the same way, they would replace Feinstein with another candidate. The pro- now up in Kentucky, but not the, the candidate Pelosi wants a a Democrat. Right, but not the Democrat Pelosi. So it would be wants. totally different up there. Right. So w- w- they would end up with a very Georgia situation where they would. Uh, Newsom would would appoint somebody that is so out of the mainstream, yep, so unrelatable and so unpopular that it would it really would it'd, it'd be tough. But it would give Republicans a chance to come in because she his pick would be. And we already know that it'd be a, a, a female of color. Yeah. She would be uh, hammered yep. in the primary, and the primary would be so bloody that it, it might allow a Larry Elder to sneak in. Yep. Not, not that I mean, Elder's trying to run for president. Not, I, I just get, I, I suppose he just has some campaign cash he wants to get rid of. I have no idea why Elder's <laughs> running for president. That's what it looks like. A lot of these guys, that's that's what it looks like. But it, it really it really is sad. But, you know, you have Biden out there saying he cured cancer. Yeah, he did. Just this week. I mean, and no, no one no one's calling him on it. I know. That's the uh, saddest thing. No one's calling these people on any of this stuff. And the the press secretary, I don't like her. But I also don't envy what she has to do. No, she's got the hardest job in politics. I mean, she's got to stand up there every day. And tr- tr- truthfully, 90% of the of the reporters in that room are friendly. Yep. That you have Fox News and a couple a couple other uh, uh, outlets that, that are going to be a little more, I won't say hostile, but uh, combative on, on some of the stuff. And... She just she she dances around stuff. She denies it. She says, "Well, what the president means to say is what he actually said." If you go back to his comments, what well, she's lying <laughs> yeah. is we're working on uh, uh, defeating cancer. It's it, and she's getting called on it. She says yeah. it, 
And then if you're watching a conservative outlet, they'll go back to the tape and say, well, this is what she said and this is the truth and show you show the two tapes. And that's it. All the, the only people who hear it are in an echo chamber. Yep. So there's no reper- repercussions to to is it Lapierre? What's I can't remember what her name is. Um, there's no repercussions to her lying because the the Republican base already doesn't like Joe Biden, doesn't like her, so it doesn't matter. No, and the Biden doesn't. base doesn't care. Nope. They're they're going to continue to to vote whichever way is blue. And, and it's and it's and it's amazing to me that no one's calling calling anything out. And then we get by the way, she they did change their stance on on Biden knowing about his his son's uh, business. Because now they say he was never in business with his son when they said yeah, before exactly. he had no idea. They've changed. Yeah, they've changed their tone on that. And no no one besides besides conservative Newsmax, Fox News, and those types of people are call, calling her out on it. Or calling, calling them out on it. Nope. But we did get uh, Biden <laughs> blew up his plea deal. Yes. Hilarious. He, yeah. The the judge asked, "Is does this imply? I just give immunity for all future charges?" And the prosecutor basically said, "Hell no! The investigation is ongoing." And yep. the the defense attorney said, "We'll tear up the agreement. We plead not guilty." No, that's uh, crazy. So this judge was appointed by President Trump, and it sounded like she thought she was kind of being bamboozled or having just a rubber stamp this deal when she started asking questions about the plea arrangement. Like you just said, it just completely fell apart this week or last week. Now, what he could have done is go ahead and plead out to the three charges he had and then go go worry about the rest of the investigations. But, but you know, what, yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do, though, is they were trying to say, so he didn't pay his taxes, which is a jailable offense. And then he had he purchased this gun when he's on drugs, which is another which is another thing. I asked the press secretary this week, does Biden support the maximum penalty for people that are, you know, buy or purchase handguns illegally? And she will not well, answer he, that question either. It's perjury. You know, he he's, it's per- he yeah. lied on his on his forty four seventy three. And then they're still investigating him for all this this foreign peddling of money back to his dad. And they were trying and this plea deal, what it sounded like was happening is they put this plea together, said he could be prosecuted for any of this stuff in the future. And that's when the judge started questioning that. She's like, Well, does this mean he can't be prosecuting prosecuted for any of the foreign intel or foreign money transfers that was going on? And uh and then she said, Is is that investigation still ongoing? And the Justice Department said yes, and she said, Well, how, this doesn't this doesn't jive, right? Something's not making sense here. Right. <laughs> so that the plea deal's gone. Plea deal's gone. Now I'm sure they're, they're going to try to work to on table. work on another one. But they I'm going to tell you something. He admitted in court that I mean that he did take money. Yes, he did. So at this point, the the government has a prima facie case. Yeah. So there's there's not a whole. I mean, if they get him on the tax evasion, that's that's a jailable offense. Now look, taxation's theft. Uh, if, if he came in, if, if he came in and said screw taxes, uh, screw the IRS, yeah, at, at least at least I'd be like, okay, that's 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 a person of virtue. 
That's not, that's not it's like, no, everybody else needs to pay their taxes, but I didn't. But of, right. of course I couldn't because it was dirty money. I would have been happy to declare it if I wasn't taking it under the table. Yep. And the gun offense is definitely a jailable offense. And, and we hear Democrats talk all the time about guns and, uh, you know, purchase them legally. And look, they're totally being, uh, I mean, this is ridiculous for them to defend Biden or even President Biden defend his son on this. He should, they, he should they, spend he some threw time it in away in a trash can. His girlfriend threw assembled. it away in a trash can, though, because she was worried that he was going to use it. Well, in, in a trash, in a trash yep. can. It's like across from a daycare also. But one thing, if you took it apart and you dropped the barrel one place, the slide one place, the magazine one place, and, <laughs> right, the, right. and the frame somewhere else, or throw it off a bridge into the water. Yep. I mean, have they never seen a mob movie ever? <laughs> you think, yeah, Good. tape around the uh, handle? Good God. Yes. So this- from, the, from the zombies on Capitol Hill, now we have aliens on Capitol Hill. And not yes. the ones crossing the border. <laughs> what is going on in Washington this uh, this this previous week? I mean, truly really amazing. They had this really bipartisan hearing on UFO sightings and aliens that the, potentially the government has covered up over the last 60, 70 years. You know, it's either. <laughs> now, look, the, the witnesses they have are are, are credible. These, these are not crackpots. These are not guys no, that... No, there's people that worked with, in the government. These are whistleblowers, right? Yeah, they, they, these are these are credible people. And these are stories yep. that that we've heard in the past. Um, I've, heard, I've heard several theories on it. One was, and this was from an author I, I listened to the, uh, on Rogan, uh, saying that the bodies were distorted by this technology. That's why they looked alien. That they were trying uh, okay. these uh, hypersonic, hypersonic vehicles, and it the with the wreckage, the the radiation did something to to, to something with the bodies, whatever. But there seems to be a consensus that there was a crash, that there were bio, bio, as they call it biologics found. Yeah, biologics found, and they were not human. That's what the guy testified. And the guy that testified this week, his name was David Grush, who used to work, you know, in the government, which is whistleblower now but yeah he said they recover crash vehicles why are aliens such bad drivers yeah that's the thing look i and and i think there's probably aliens somewhere out there there could i mean there's no i don't think the galaxy can be this big and not have life somewhere out there i just can't sort of refuse to believe that but the other part of me says if you're gonna fly millions of miles to earth and these really advanced uh you know, like space shuttles, you're flying millions of miles and you just crash on the earth. I, I'm not sure I believe that part of it. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it, the, uh, there's so much, there's, there's so much Hollywood stuff that has to be separated from any sort of fact. <laughs> yes. Do we know that out of that area of groom Lake, do we know that there are experimental aircraft coming out of there? Of course we know that. Yeah. Uh, if, if you go back to 50 years ago, all these V-shaped uh, craft they, that they saw coming over the mountains and stuff, what turned out to be the B-2 bomber. Yep. 
I really we cannot don't have, imagine the, the type of technology that they're building there. Like you just said, I mean, I just, I, you know, as advanced as all the planes are that we see, I can't imagine what these companies are out there working with the government on. Sure. I mean, there, there are people who sit in rooms, do nothing but think crap up. Yep, exactly. And they go, OK, here's $100 million. See if it's viable. Yep. You know, what, what I did was, find, yeah. find funny was uh, where do you get the funding from this? Well, if we go into a closed session, I'll tell you. Yes. Like, damn. I uh, know. He said that a couple of times, right? Uh, you know, it's funny. There was a poll generated a few years ago. that said 68% of Americans believe the U.S. government does know more about UFOs than it is sharing with the public. And they said 33% of the polled U.S. adults believe that some of the UFO sightings have, in fact, been extraterrestrial. So 33% 30, of the U.S. adults believe there's some UFOs out there and they're not from Earth. I don't know if I'm in that 33 or 67 percentile. I kind of go back and forth. Oh, look, man, I, I love the X-Files, too. I do, too. Uh, the show. idea of a of a pseudo-governmental alien conspiracy makes for a great plot. Yep. Because there, there are two things that, that we, we don't trust. One are aliens and two is our government. I mean, it was <laughs> brilliant. That's why they had several movies and the the TV show went on for well over a decade and it's still in syndication somewhere because because it, it hits it really hits that nerve. Plus, both women, men and women had something to look at. We had Jillian Anderson and the women had David Duchovny. I mean, I mean, it was perfect. Husband and wife can, can, can both ogle and, and enjoy the idea that the government is stealing from us and keeping secrets. I started watching that show again a few years ago. It was, it was still a good show to go back and watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's not much to say on the uh, Biden impeachment other than they started an investigation. We're not going to spend any time on it. it, the, uh, it's, it there is no impeachment right now. It's simply an investigation. It is. But, but I mean, de- de- Democrats are, I mean, look, you did the same thing to Trump over a phone call. Uh, you know, will they impeach President Biden? I don't think Republicans have the stones to do that. Uh, but you know, Democrats, they, I they can't convict anybody. They can't, no, convict. They even can't. if they had, even if they had 55 senators, 55, 45, yeah, I, you I think can't they've convict. Got the votes in the House to probably uh, impeach them in the House. It just would never go in the Senate. Right. It's, it, it'd be, all it is, is, is wasting the people's time and money. It is. It is. If you, it, if you can't convict, why bother? Yep. So anyway, speaking of convictions or uh, investigations, we have the diminutive car thief, 12 years old. <clears throat> yeah, this is a story down in Griffin, Georgia, where I live. So uh, last week, there was a 12-year-old boy. He's been charged with 84 counts of entering auto and an additional five counts of criminal trespass. And they say more charges are pending. This is a fifth or sixth grade kid that has got 84 counts against him now. I mean, just truly amazing. Very, very sad situation down here in Griffin. It doesn't matter if they have 500 counts on him. They can't hold him more than six years. No, I mean, he's, yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, this is this was really interesting because the story sort of went national this week. I saw this on quite a few outlets about this 12-year-old car thief in Griffin. One of my friends that's in the state house, Scott Hilton, he represents the Peachtree Corners area. I had forgotten about this, but he said that's why they really passed SB 44 last year, which was a 
bill backed by Governor Kemp. That was what they call the Street Gang Terrorism and Prevention Act. So what the thought is, is gangs around Georgia and Griffin's got two or three or four gangs. I mean, we've got the Bloods, the Crips, there's a Mexican gang down in Griffin. What these gangs are doing is recruiting very young kids like this, this 12-year-old, to do these uh, robberies and break-ins because they know nothing will happen to the kid. Like you said, I mean, he'd be, he'll be out in a few years or he won't even be prosecuted. So this bill that was passed last year was really pointed at if the gangs are recruiting these young kids, then if they find out who did it, they can go to jail for even more time for recruit minors. If. Yeah, if they First find of all, out who it is. I mean, I don't even know how they find it out with so many gang members. Well, you'd have to get the kid to roll over. Yes, you would. Yep. And and I guarantee you they the kid is more scared of the gang than he is of Juvie. Oh, he's terrified. I mean, look, this 12-year-old, his parents are probably you know, 30 to 40 years old. Everybody knows who his parents are. I mean, no doubt the 12-year-old's probably not talking because he's probably going to get a slap on the wrist. I mean, I don't That's know what that. He goes into juvie with, with gang cred. Right. I mean, do you think he's going to have a hard time in juvie? No. <laughs> no. He, he, he's he's going to walk, walk in there untouchable. And he'll do his six years. He may or may not get a GED or high school diploma. And he'll waltz out. And he will have had an education on how to how to run a gang and come out at 18 years old and have a a Harvard level education, how to be a gangster. Yeah, I have no clue what you do with a 12 year old like this. I mean, I really don't. I think I, you first throw, I think you first throw his parents in jail because they're obviously useless. Uh, but yeah, what else do you do with a kid like this? There's no future for this kid. It's like you said, I, he's coming out I, at 18 and. With not a uh, good future in his. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you go, you, you go and you throw him in in, uh, in jail in Alaska. Yeah, I just don't know what and, you do. I really don't. And it, I, I don't know because these gangs have such long, long reach. Mm-hmm. They do. That you, you can't put him anywhere you put him in the country. He's going to flash a sign and give his cred and he'll, he'll be welcomed into whatever chapter. I mean, it's it's like a, a really perverted, sick version of of the uh, of VFW or American Legion. No matter which post you go into, you give them your credentials and you're welcome to. Yep. Now, look, we're assuming uh, there's a big assumption here. That this kid was in a gang. Uh, none of that's been none of that's come out yet. But I can't imagine this kid just went out and broke in people's cars without any guidance from from somebody. A car. Uh, yeah. I a think, car. Yeah. I think it's coming out that this kid was in some one of the gangs in Griffin. Uh, we just don't know which one yet. Well, there's a group of uh, people going around uh, opening accounts and and committing fraud on them. Mm-hmm. And what they're what they're doing is they're using 18 to 20 year old kids to do it because they have no credit history. Right. So their accounts get get approved. And what they're doing is they're putting the minimum deposit in. They're waiting the minimum amount of time till it's no can no longer considered a new account, and then they start running fraudulent checks through it. And and well, the checks themselves aren't fraudulent. What they're doing is they're it's called check washing. They're they're mm-hmm. taking the the amount and the maker and changing changing the name and the amount on the check, and then they're running these checks through. And by the time they get and because the, everything else in the check reads right, it may take thirty days for that check to come back. Yep. Money's and as soon as those that point. Yeah, as soon as the money, as soon as it becomes available, they're at the ATM. Pop. They're on Cash App. Pop. Gone. Gone. And it's it's a 
it's a repeatable pattern. And in fact, what I'm hearing is they're opening in the sa- in the same location. They all live in the same location. They all have different names and different addresses, but they all live in the same general area. All opening this, all opening the accounts in the same general area, and all cashing the checks in the same general in a different general Jeez. area. So there's there's a pattern there. But what's happening is they're getting dropped off. They're walking into the branches so the cameras don't get don't get license plate numbers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if the money doesn't come in the first five minutes while the bankers are talking, like this check doesn't look good, they're making phone calls. They just simply go, hey, I need I need to go grab something from my car, and they go out the door just and just walk off. away and yep. just go because they have nothing to lose. And it's, it's it's older people taking not not old people but the older people taking advantage because they know these people have these folks have no history. Uh, even if they're caught, they're going to slap on the wrist and tell, "Don't do that again." Yep. As a first time offender. All right. So Jason Aldean apparently caves to BLM. I I, <laughs> I I didn't see this until you put it on the outline. Yeah. So Jason Aldean is you know the try that in a small town song which went crazy last week. We talked about it on the last show. Uh, this week, they very quietly edited the video to remove images of a Black Lives Matter demonstration. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting that, that the actual video lost about six seconds of it. When people started looking at it, that's what they removed. And who is they? I mean, just people watching the video. You know, no, no, no. Like, I mean, who, who's who? I mean, was it was it Aldean that removed it? Was it, yeah, was I mean, it YouTube it him, that removed yeah. it? Well, I mean, it was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Aldine's group. Uh, I mean, it's his video. I don't think it can be edited necessarily outside of him. I think, I think it was approved by them. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a little bit shorter now. I don't know why they'd remove Black Lives Matter demonstration though. I mean, everybody knows that's what was occurring during COVID and all the, the demonstrations that were out there. Uh, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I think I think the whole thing is a tempest in a teacup. <laughs> yes. the, the, the song's not good. It's not. Uh, it, I think the song was out for three or four months or something like that before CMT brought it down. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think it got any airplay. No, because it's not. It's not a good song. Uh, it's 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 there. There are a few patriotic songs that that are that are good. A lot of them feel forced. Like they sat down, and go, I'm going to write a patriotic song. Yep. Um, and of course, Aldine didn't write it. He picked the song up and recorded it, uh, which was good. Good for the people who wrote the song. They're they're making a ton of money, and and Aldine's making a ton of money. It's been number one on 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 iTunes and all that stuff. Good for him. But it's it's not it's it, it just it's not a good song. I, I listen to it, and people are all you know, it's red meat for for that crowd. Oh yeah, but <laughs> totally. I like you know, the patriotic I, song that Trump comes out to. Uh, now, that is a pretty cool moment when he comes out to, uh, you know, the song he comes out to. I'm glad to be an American where at least I know. Oh, free. Lee Greenwood. God bless the yeah, USA. Yeah, Lee Greenwood. God bless the USA. Great song he comes out to. Have. That's kind of a, a really cool moment when Trump does walk out of that. What's not cool is when he talks for two hours about the election. But, yeah, that, that's yeah. one of the best ones. No, the best was uh, Born in the USA, which was a protest song, and Reagan yeah. <laughs> kind of that sucker. And it right. starts playing it. And, and, and like if you listen to the words, the whole idea is I, I don't want to be in Southeast Asia. I was born in the USA. Send me home. Yep. And so Reagan just takes it and runs with it. And every one of his campaign events, Born in the USA. So, People are cheering. And, and meanwhile, Bruce is over there just steaming. Yep, have no Just clue what it's really about. Just furious mad. Yep. <laughs> 
So uh, no more two-step in, te- in Kansas. This is an interesting story. I think Eric said this to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas has gotten in the habit because because of where they're located and they're surrounded by states that allow pot. Pro pot that states, they were, yeah, or legal pot states, yep. Yeah, they were getting in the habit of pulling over people with out-of-state tags and then starting to interview them and then bring dogs out to try to find if anybody's leaving Colorado or whatever with with uh, uh, with weed. And, of course, they're also looking for cash for civil asset forfeiture. Yep. And which they even have cash-sniffing dogs now, which I think is absolutely repugnant. No, I know. That is terrible. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's a roadside stick up. It is. Uh, you know, the story is interesting. So they would pull the people over for a legal stop. They may be speeding, but then they would prolong the stop is what the problem is, right? So they would start asking questions about travel plans without any reasonable suspicion of criminal activity just because you've got a Colorado tag. Now, I don't know why any, look, I'm the most, I don't get pulled over often, but if I do, I'm the politest guy ever because I want to try to get out of the ticket. But I don't understand why people start just kind of diarrhea at the mouth and start answering all these questions. Like, where are you going? Where are you coming from? That doesn't need to be answered. That's that's not the, uh, that's, you don't need to answer those questions. You don't need to tell anybody where you're going or where you can. I'm, leave, I'm leaving your house, heading for your mom's house. You just don't need to say that. You just, no, you just don't say you just anything. Shut you up. Should, no, you, you shut you, up. You be nice, and you take your ticket and you go on. You move on. No, yeah. You know, what my go my go to is, I don't discuss that on the side of the road. Right. Yeah, but so yeah. Get back to the story. This federal judge this week ruled that that practice of detaining drivers without reasonable suspicion is unconstitutional. So they can't do that anymore. Now, look, there's going to be some way that. They get around that ruling, I'm, I'm assuming. But I've always been told, you know, when you're pulled over side the road, they can't keep you longer than it's reasonable to, you know, write you your tickets. If you get a speeding ticket, you know, if it takes five or ten minutes, that's five or ten minutes. But you can't just say, okay, I've got a doll coming and a doll's going to be 30 minutes away because that's, you know, that's keeping you detained for an un- unreasonable period of time. Right. Well, it, if you have, I don't know. Uh, first of all, I don't like canine searches at because all. Because they always hit. I mean, they always hit on something. Well, yeah. they can be prompted to hit also. Yes, right. Remember, exactly. the dog doesn't know it's looking for drugs. The dog wants its toy. Yes, it wants to place so, its owner. Right. They, they want, it wants, the dog wants that reward. Mm-hmm. They're, and they don't use food. Like, like you know, I've always trained my animals with, with treats and stuff like that, but they don't use food. They, they use a toy. And encouragement. So the dog wants to please it. So if they keep tapping this 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 wheel well, keep tapping the trunk, well, the dog's going to go, well, this is obviously he wants me to sit. So I'm going to sit, get my toy, get my get my hugs and all that stuff. Get back in the air conditioning in the car. Get back in the, yes, yeah, especially in the planes, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm not a big fan of dog, uh, of using dog searches as as probable cause, especially considering that marijuana and and uh, other cannabinoids that are completely legal smell exactly the same. Yep. And the dog will hit on hemp just like it hits on pot. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So it, and it takes a lab, to, which is why even in Georgia, less than an ounce of weed is basically legal because most municipalities are not going to spend the time and money to send a joint 
off to uh, to the FBI, uh, to the GBI lab for verification that it actually has THC. Not unless you self-incriminate yourself. That's really the only way now to get pulled over or get a ticket for small amounts of weed, like you just said, because there's not enough time or money to send all this off to the crime lab. Well, just like you said, you, you you're applied side, and I'm applied. I'm applied anyway. Applied on the side of the road. But here's the thing: if you if I see a mugshot come across and it says possession less than an ounce of marijuana, I'm like that guy was an a hole. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, like they, he was given plenty of opportunities to to not be an a hole, and he decided to be an a hole, and, and he got arrested yep. for for a small amount of weed because it is still technically illegal. Even if they don't get it tested, he's going to spend the night in jail for being an a hole, which is painful. Ah, which I wouldn't know, Kenny. Which kind of leads us into the mugshot in our next story. Right? It, it does. <laughs> this, 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 I love this story so much. All right, so Kentucky co-ed. Uh, has been arrested uh, 11 times with mugshots. And she takes great mugshots. I mean, she's a pretty girl anyway. But uh, she takes great mugshots. And, and it's reminiscent of back, I think, 10 years ago. If Remember the guy who was arrested, the uh, really light-skinned guy with, uh, uh, with pale blue eyes and a teardrop tattoo, and all the girls were gaga over him. Right, and right. Next, next thing you know, he's walking, he's walking a, a runway in Milan. Uh, uh, just from just from a mugshot, so she didn't know this was going on, but she was put on mug hotties. I think it's H A W T I E S. <laughs> I had no clue that was a sign. Uh, yeah, it was mug hotties. Uh, no, it was some mug shotties. M U G S H A U T Y. I think mug shotties. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said. <laughs> And I sent the interview to you. She did an interview on the Greg Gutfeld show, yeah, which would have had her on the show, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. For her, absolutely. And she, she, she's a beautiful girl. But the yep. stuff she said, I mean, you, you could. I, I smiled. The What was it? A five minute interview? I smiled. Oh, the whole I, was, time. I, I was smiling the whole time. She said she was. A, she said she's. So this girl has turned her life around now. She's 23 years old. But she's been busted from shoplifting to terrorism, you know, just all kind of stuff. But she says she's turned her life around. But when Gutfeld asked her what she was on back in college, she said Xanax. And then he kind of chuckled. And she said, have you seen other people from Kentucky? Everybody in Kentucky's addicted to Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, you know, my wife had a brother who died at a holler in Kentucky. He'd taken pills. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, the original Justified series was based in Kentucky, all all around pills and and you know hillbilly heroin and all that stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's it. Sometimes stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Uh, yeah, but you know this girl, she's uh, she's got her TikTok out there now. She's got her Instagram, so it looks like she's going to try to seize on her uh, newfound uh, stardom. <laughs> Which you know, again, she's turned her life around. She says she's found God. She's got a jail. She's got a job. Uh, you know, it is sad. Both of her parents are in jail, so she kind of was led into this. Uh, but yeah, she's seems like she's doing really well. But this was the funniest story that, and everybody's welcome to go out there and look at it. It is, it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, look, I. Uh, Okay, let me be 20 years younger. 
<laughs> but but yeah, they asked her. I guess she and her boyfriend started a business. I guess they own a bar or something. But asked you know wh- you know what the name of it is. She goes, yeah. I, normally I, I'd, I'd advertise for myself, but I've got so many stalkers now. I'm like, you know, that's the kind of, that's kind of the creepy end of it. You know, you're not gonna make jokes and say, yeah, she's a really pretty girl and she gave a great interview. But you know, there are people like she's talking to me through the screen. I have to go meet this girl. Right. I mean. <laughs> I don't know, but good for her for turning her life. What, what makes me what makes me laugh is she says, "Well, I quit doing drugs back in uh, 2022, January 2022, when I turned my life around, and I had to quit smoking weed because I'm on probation." <laughs> uh, all right, you know what? Next to Xanax, I guess a little weed weed is really isn't considered a drug. No, <laughs> but you're in Kentucky. Get some good bourbon. Jeez. All right, so the final frontiers here, but you better be careful what you pack. Oh, this is a funny story. So a lady, a Florida woman has filed a $100 million class action lawsuit against Frontier Airlines for allegedly charging airlines not a budget airline, which I totally agree with her, and that it uses bait and switch tactics when it comes to baggage requirements and fees. Dave, I don't know if you've ever, you, I know you're, I know you've never flown on Frontier before. No, but. But we did one time, we flew Frontier to Chicago, and we flew some, what's the green, or we flew uh, Spirit coming back. Never, <laughs> ever will I do that again. But what this lady's talking about is if you go online and look at Frontier and say Atlanta, Chicago, it may say $68. But then they want to charge you $12 for printing your ticket out. They want to charge you, you know, they've got some kind of little size of your handbag that you can take on, and then if it's bigger than that they charge you fifty dollars they charge you a hundred dollars for your bag so what she's what she's alleging is after they get you for all these fees they're really not a budget airline any longer uh, well no they 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 charge you for a carry-on what they allow you free is your personal item mm-hmm. now as we know from flying delta you're allowed to carry on and a personal item personal item is briefcase laptop top case right purse right. So that's what they're talking about with your free personal item. It's not a free carry-on. It's a free personal item. Yep. So that's going to be a purse is your personal item or whatever. And they have these these bag sizers. Anybody who's been to the airport and any airline <laughs> has seen the bag sizers. And usually it's at the check-in where you can say, is this qualified as a, as a carry-on? Nobody uses them. I see people trying to cram yeah, Frontier has them at the, They have them at the gate though, right? I mean, it's right before you get on the plane is what's happening with Frontier and Spirit. They're like, uh, right before you go down to the boarding, you know, to get on it, they like they make you put your bag in there. And if it's too big, they're charging you right there at the counter. And it's creating a lot of uh, frustrated customers from these airlines. Yeah, that's something that, that I've stri- strived to do in my business is I give, a, I give one price right. and that's it. I don't go back to the well. Now, if customer side, they decide they want to change something, go from a three ton to a four ton, obviously that's going to change the price. Yep. But if if there's something that I didn't see when I did the quote, guess who eats that? Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so, mean, that's, the right, that's the right way to do business. And, you know, I, so, that, yeah, when I, when, I, when I fly Delta, I get my two free bags, uh, check bags, and, and I do check bags. Yep. Uh, it just growing up, growing up a Delta person, I mean, uh, we just used check your bag and, and I used to walk to the gate empty handed before you, everybody carried laptops and stuff. <laughs> just walk to the gate empty handed. I just had my, my boarding pass in my pocket or my password, actually my seat request card. 
back back in the day because I flew non-rev. And I and I walk up empty-handed. And I didn't and, check a, I didn't check a bag last week because it was so nice. I was on one of those planes that the Delta plane that has a middle boarding, and you've got Delta Comfort to the left and right. So my seat oh that's was, that's a that's a seven five seven. Yes, and if you sit on one of those seats, it's immediately beside that door. You can literally be off that plane and at your car almost before people are, are still you know deboarding. That, that's a great place to sit. Oh, I love the seven five seven. Anyway, it's a I do too. It's a very comfortable airplane to fly. Yeah, very smooth airplane. Uh, yeah, but, but anyway, but look, yeah, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this woman had a chance on this lawsuit. I agree with her. There's too many fees. You don't know what you're paying for. And I think that's the gist of her lawsuit is you don't know what you're paying for when you book a ticket and you think it's a budget ticket. And it turns out to not be what you paid for. But what and, what's her goal here? If her goal is to affect change in the industry, that may that may work. If, if, yeah, if her goal is, is to get is to get money, she's not getting any money. No, I mean this is class action. She sued for a hundred million. There's tons of people I think that would sign up. Now, yeah, yeah ninety nine million of that will goes. go to lawyers. Yeah, exactly. What's the lawyers are going to win here. Yeah, lawyers win every case. Yep. Uh, uh, who wins a divorce? The lawyers. Yep. Uh, but if if her if her plan is to really affect change, and now look, every member of the class may get a fifty dollar voucher on on Frontier or something like that. Yep. Uh, it, there'll be some settlement, some, some something silly like that. But anybody who thinks they're getting involved in a hundred million dollar class action lawsuit, <laughs> they're going to walk away with any money. You're not walking no, away, walking no away with any money. But it may cause uh, Frontier to change their their method of doing business. And if and if that's the goal, they may do a plea a plea agreement and say we're going to pay your legal costs, and we're going to change our policy. This is the new policy, and then settle it right there and not go to court. Probably the wisest course of action for the airline. But these are the airlines that that are having trouble staffing pilots because they don't charge enough to make enough money in order to pay their pilots enough. Yep, that is true. So I, I, I really. I don't, I don't, I don't fly those budget airlines. I don't like being nickel and dimed. I also am a, you know, loyal to Delta because hell, they still pay my father's pension. Yep. Same here. Uh, but I, it, it's, it, you know, Delta is, is, is Georgia's airline. So, you know, I, I typically stick, stick with Delta if I can. I, mean, I, ha- I have flown other airlines, but I don't typically. Yep. So what do we have for the mule of the week, Ken? <laughs> Well, a couple things, Dave. We've got a mule. We've got a mule of the week. Is Greg Kazar? I think that's how you say his name. He's a representative from Texas. But before that, my my wife was actually she probably should have been the mule. And I, I was going to tell you the story before, but I'm going to leave it to now. So my wife went on a girls' trip last weekend. I think I told you about this, where she paid for all the rooms. You know, got reimbursed for these rooms at a nice Marriott up in Greenville, South Carolina. Which, if our listeners haven't been to Greenville, that's just a super little town. Great couples trip, good downtown area. Find out this week she also booked rooms at the Hilton and forgot to cancel these Hilton rooms. So she calls me this week and says, "Oh my God, I've made the biggest mistake," and I had no clue what it was, Dave. And she says Hilton has charged us two thousand dollars for rooms I didn't use. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I was so scared to tell you. And look, she had my kids behind this. She told my kids, like, don't tell dad what's going on, but I'm trying to get this charge taken care of. So she calls Hilton. They give her back half of the 2000 So we got back 1000 bucks. 
And then she's disputing the other thousand, which I don't think we'll get anywhere with that other thousand. Nope. But I mean, look, she felt terrible. I felt so sorry for her. I didn't get mad. Some people would have got mad over a thousand bucks. Just one of those things, bad luck, but note to self, always have your wife's reservations with email alerts going to you so you don't wind up in this type of situation. My wife's too cheap for that. Oh, oh goodness. Uh, but look, back, I know, but back, hey, look, back to the real mule of the week. I don't know if you saw this guy. He's a representative from Texas. He was supposedly protesting uh, a new law that Texas is proposing. And he went on a nine hour hunger strike in DC. Thirst strike. Yeah. Water. Thirst. Yeah. Yeah. Went, went for a nine hour thirst strike. And people have just been tearing this guy apart. They're like, yeah, I go on a nine hour thirst strike every night when I go to sleep. <laughs> Man. Ah. What an attention. Yeah, I was about to say a bad word, but dude, I mean, these politicians, they will do anything for their 15 minutes in the, in the spotlight. I mean, I mean, Gandhi must be so proud. I know. I mean, he, he went on, he went on hunger strikes for months down yes. to becoming a skeleton. He could have handled the whole thing with not drinking water for nine hours. I don't know if you saw this guy too. So he's sitting on the Capitol steps. He's not drinking water. He's sitting out there and he's got an oxygen monitor on his finger. So they're actually monitoring this guy's oxygen levels while he sits on the, the Capitol steps. I mean, I've never, this may be the dumbest thing I've ever heard a politician do in my life. And that's, that's saying a lot, right? But how do you go on a nine hour thirst right and think you actually did something? I, I mean, 24 hours would be tough. But look, if you have surgery, you don't eat or drink anything after midnight. No, right, right. And, so and, and you may, longer. yeah, you may not actually get your your IV or get get your drugs to go to sleep until one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, that's 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 almost twice as long as he went. Mm-hmm, exactly. But truthfully speaking, they do put a monitor on you at some point when you get in the hospital bed. So so. <laughs> <laughs> This is a good time to remind you these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find relevant stories and other episodes over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. So, Bo Bergdahl, his, uh, his conviction from his, uh, from his uh, court-martial has been overturned. Yep, vacated. And look, he, he got a sweetheart deal for pleading guilty. Mm-hmm. He, 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 did. he did not. He did not go to Leavenworth. Uh, he was dishonorably discharged, reduced to uh, E one private. Uh, he gets no veterans benefits. Uh, as as and as dishonorable discharge, you are also considered a felon. You cannot. You can. You cannot buy buy a firearm. You cannot vote. You're you're a ve- you're a felon. But for what he did, walking off, walking away from his post in a combat zone. I, he could have been hung. Yeah, this was this was back in two thousand nine, right? So he was over in Afghanistan, walked off the post, was captured by the Taliban, and spent five years as their prisoner. Yeah, and uh, he was hoping the Taliban would welcome him with open arms. At first, they thought he got lost. Now, look, <laughs> people people were wounded, and I think there was a couple of people killed going looking for this guy. Yep, there were. I remember that. They thought they thought he he was captured. He wasn't captured. He walked. He, he walked away from his post. 
we traded, I say we, I believe Obama traded some uh, some Gitmo detainees for him. Yep. To did. get him back. And his father was was the one that was out there with the long Muslim beard and the beanie on and all this crap yep. and, and 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 all this stuff. And turns out, as the story comes out, he walked away from his post and he was prosecuted. And this the the judge uh, the 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 judge in the is military is typically a, a, looks a lot like a trial, but it's court martial. It, it operates on different rules. Mm-hmm. But but this judge had applied to become an immigration judge, a federal immigration judge, and it was found by the 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 appeals court that that could be considered a conflict of interest, even though they found none. Yeah, I think this is ridiculous that this was vacated. Uh, now, my question is, and I saw this post online, is will he be able to reapply to to be in the military since this this is his discharge or his discharge was vacated? I mean, can he just go right back into the military now if he wants to? Yes, I think he can. Yep, and get benefits at his at stuff. his former rank. It would be a horrible idea for him. Oh, it'd be terrible. Yep. Uh, it would not, it, you, you couldn't, he was, he was infantry. You couldn't put him back in, back onto an infantry squad. You could not put, you could not send him back to the infantry. You just, just couldn't. I just don't understand. They said there was no finding of actual bias in this case, but they still vacated it. That makes zero sense to me. And this, this is appealable. Good. I hope it's, yeah, I hope, I don't know. Where does it get appealed to here? Was this a federal judge that appealed it or? No, he was a U.S. district judge, so yeah, it had to go to the U.S. appeals court. Yeah, it had to, it had to go to whatever circus of uh, circus of appeals that they want to go to, yep. uh, or that that is in, is in his area. But this this is this is horrible for military justice. It is understand the military runs on discipline, military bearing. Uh, look, I know there's an obedience. You know what? When you get an order, you, you you do your best to 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 carry it out. Yep. And you don't you don't say screw this and walk away from your post. And you certainly don't do it in, in a in a combat zone. I mean, I've heard of people going home on leave and then just never going back. Yep. But this this put people's lives in danger. Yeah, because they were out looking for him. Yep. And they they're going to restore his rank, all his decorations. Uh, I don't think he'll go back into the army, but can he? Yes, he can. I mean, will he get time served? <clears throat> this happened in 2009. He was captured five years later, 2014. So he convicted I, in 2017. I mean, the last six years, will he get like effectively where he was serving for the last six years and be able to retire at some point? I don't. I, yeah, I don't think so. But you would you would have to ask somebody who's who's uh, a judge advocate general's office, something right. like that. But I think that what they'll do is they'll pay him through his ETS date, any, uh, uh, ending time and service date. Gotcha. So if his, if his ending time and service was was probably already passed because he spent so much time with the Taliban. So it's probably already passed. And you also know, when you, when you look at what the Taliban did, what other uh, folks did to captives they had, Cutting off heads and all that stuff, and Bergdahl comes out a little skinnier, but fine. Let me say he wasn't all that much of a of a, of a captive. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I it's it's it's. Hopefully, they appeal it. Given our current administration, who would be in charge of it? I doubt they will. 
Uh, he's this guy's just gonna be able. Uh, he's just gonna be able to get his uh, get his uh, VA status back. And what he'll first thing he's gonna do is go file for disability, get 100 percent disability under under PTSD and and all that stuff. He'll get 100 percent disability and will never work another day in his life. Yep. So we got a dog pile on Ravsburger. <laughs> yeah, his own party continues to pile up on him. So this uh, previous week, five chairmen in the Georgia legislature, and that was representatives John LaHood, Shaw Blackman, Todd Jones, Rob Levert, and a vice chairman, Victor Anderson, uh, they all wrote a letter to Raffensperger to take urgent action to launch a voter education campaign, increase training, and expand risk-limiting audits of election. This all comes on the back of Raffensperger deciding not to upgrade the Georgia's Dominion voting systems before the next presidential election. And we covered and that also, a few weeks ago. Yeah, we did. And uh, yet, you know, a couple days ago, as this as this airs, uh, Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones was scheduled to meet with Raffensperger. So we'll have to find out what happened in that meeting. But the, the gist of this is Republicans are still mad that Raffensperger is not doing what they think he should in regards to securing Georgia's elections. And what... What is Raffensperger's uh, deal? I mean, he got reelected, and he got reelected because because he had an R after his name. That's he it. Did. I, yeah, but he well, won the primary too. I mean, which was a big deal. I think everybody, I think nobody in Georgia thought he was going to win the Georgia primary against Jody Heist. You know, I think look, I think he's doing a lot of stuff out of spite. To be honest, uh, you know, he he says. I mean, Raffensperger at this point said. They would criticize him for doing anything. They said, if, you know, if I installed the software without thorough testing, I'd be criticized. You know, if I don't do it, I'm being criticized. So he's taking the, like, woe is me. You know, what, whatever I do, I'm being criticized. And I think he's just digging his heels in. And When, when all his fails, I mean, play victim. Yes, I think that's what he's doing here. So, and look, this Raffensperger obviously wants to run for office after his next term ends. So I think he's trying to sort of play, I need probably 5 or 10% of the Democrat vote. I need the Republican vote. How can I kind of wait the middle here? Uh, I mean, that's what it appears. Uh, but yeah, they're going into next year's election and these Dominion voting machines, which I don't think anybody in Georgia likes, have uh, security vulnerabilities that they have not patched. And they're not going to. Maybe uh, after the next election, I, I I don't yeah. know. I I don't know what office Raffensperger could 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 achieve at this point because he can only do two Secretary of State, right? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's running for governor. I, I, I don't I, think there's no way on God's green earth he he can he, <laughs> hey, he, can, he can win governor. You wouldn't have said he could have beat Jody Heist during the the primary last. Well, year. he his name recognition with with what he did when he came on the scene and and uh uh was it eighteen or six sixteen. Uh, when when he when he stormed onto the scene, which which was you know very impressive the way he did it, um, it was money. It, it was it was money. He paid. <laughs> yes, he, we we were we were driving around one day, and all of a sudden there are Raffensperger signs everywhere. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah, that's the sign ninjas work. I don't know if you know, but there is a there is a guy up towards your area that goes by the the, the nickname Sign Ninja. And these people hire him every year for elections because the sign ninja knows where he can put signs up. He already has all the permission from the landowners. So Raffensperger hires a sign ninja. All of a sudden, he gives them, you know, whatever amount of money it is to put these signs up. And they are everywhere. 
I remember that. I mean, his signs just appeared. Yeah, it was just an explosion. We were yes, we're on the way to a to a Republican Party meeting in the south part of our county, and on the way to to for a, a friend of ours to to announce his intention to run for office, and uh, just all of a sudden every 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 fifty feet was a Raffensperger sign. I'm yep, like, who the I, mean, I on, didn't know who the hell he was. He was, on, he was on TV a lot, also. Yeah, so look, I mean, he's got Raffensperger's got a good. I mean, he's got people working in his office, which are good friends of mine. I, I'm kind of mixed on the job he's doing, and we're such a divided state now. Like, if Trump wins the nomination, if he wins next year, Georgia, look, everybody will be saying the Dominion voting machines did their job. If Trump loses next year, we'll have the same crisis again with Candace Taylor and everybody going around the state claiming the. The machines are rigged. So, honestly, it doesn't matter who wins. And Raffensperger's in a bad spot either way. Well, look, not to I, let him I, off the hook any, but his job is no-win situation. His job's not that damn tough. Ninety-five <laughs> percent no. of it is run by bureaucrats. Yes, it is. All the licensing stuff that he, that has his name on it. He, yeah, he's not involved with, with licensing. It's all done by bureaucrats. It's all done by appointed boards. Uh, it's it when it when it comes down to it, his policy stuff is going to be. He didn't pick now. In his defense, he didn't pick the Dominion machines. No, he his didn't. office I mean, did. Yeah, no, we voted on it back in nineteen. Which uh, yeah, th- th- this was hand this was handed yeah. to him. It was. Yeah, this is what it was handed to this him. is this is what we're going to use, and that's that's you know that's what happened. Um, oh. so that. I, you can't blame them for the voting machines at all, but you know I, I do get the damn to do if you do, damn if you don't. I just the with him ratting out Trump uh, after the, after the phone call that's leading to what we believe to be a, a indictment coming in Fulton County. Uh, his name's Mud, man. I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see how another two and a half years is going to clean that up. And 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 put him as a as a shoe in for for governor. Nope, I agree. All right, Kenny. As we're running long, you have any closing thoughts? Hey, I can't believe I'm saying this, but school is starting again for fall of 2023. Uh, just everybody stay safe going to school. I can't believe we're starting in July this year. <laughs> Seems like Ooh. we start earlier and earlier every year. But good luck to my teacher friends, and especially my wife who starts back next week. I'll say, boo. There's no good reason to have kids in school when it's 107 degrees outside trying to cool those buildings. And the little guys can't even get on the slides because it's so damn hot. I know. Now, growing up in the 80s in Florida, they didn't care. I mean, you just lost the skin off the bottom of your legs. I mean, that's just, that's just the, <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> so we had on Thursday last week, we I, I started getting phone calls uh, and, I, and I was working. It was hot. You know, I'm, I'm literally laying in a basement wiring a furnace. My phone starts blowing up. And my wife calls me twice in a row, which never happens. Yeah, you know, she knows if she doesn't get me, I'm working. I know the same thing. When, if I call her, she's working, she doesn't answer. I just leave her a message and, and say, I, I know you're busy. But when she calls twice in a row, the hospital was on lockdown. Every Paulding County police or uh, sheriff's uh, car was out there. Uh, a, call, a call came in of a shooter at, at the hospital. I didn't hear that. It was a hoax. Ugh. Now, I don't know if this is just some sick individual. 
Because again, you're talking about a hospital. They lock the hospital down, which means you have to divert patients to other hospitals. Yes, right. Uh, so uh, the first thing I heard was hoax. And I, and I understand why the PAO here called it a hoax. Uh, PAO, PAO here, uh, H- Ashley Henson's good man, good guy. Uh, I'm wondering if it wasn't a dry run oh. to, to observe how the Pauldy County law enforcement reacts to to a call of an active shooter. Yep. From from which ways do they do they enter the building? Which doors do they use? What's the procedure? Uh, uh, how how did the how did the uh, staff at the hospital react? And if and if it was a, if it was a dry run, and that may this may be me reading too much Tom Clancy, <laughs> but it it sure did it sure did let a lot of intel out about how SWAT responds and how how individual officers respond when they when they get the call that there's a shooter at, at the at the hospital. And it would be a similar response to a shooter at the school. Yep. So it's it's a, 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 a it gets the conspiracy wheels turning. So sorry for running late. Big, big thanks to Eric Cumbie, who edits the awful audio that we send him. It turns into something somewhat listenable. Big thanks to my partisan endeavor, Ken Pollan. I'm Dave Roberts. Talk to you next week. Catch me howling at the moon